Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dad podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. Today, we're very excited and passionate and overruled. I've been trying to create a frame with my plant in it, and I, uh, <laughs> and in doing so, I think I've achieved neither of the things I'm trying to achieve. There's now just a, a, a stray stem in my eye. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like tickling my bald head. It's like, it's like. I finally feel like someone loves me. Um, <laughs> good morning, brothers. We have Marlon and Marvin back here again. Do you feel like the Triple M thing should be a brand? Should we work on that as a thing of a thing? Yeah, I like that. I, think we should, that's, I, think I don't we know who do got Morley's in your ends, but they got the Triple M burger in Morley's. Nah, bruv. Sorry, explain that to us. We, we live in we live in classy areas. What, is, what, is that, what does that mean? Yeah. South London for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's more of a Morley, South London bro. thing, but yeah, the Morley's chicken shop, one of, their, one of their famous burgers is a Triple M burger, which is basically a ripoff of a Big Mac. But they call it a trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Marvin, Marlon and Marvin. Like bro, we can come out like new edition, bro, and just be like, beep, beep. <laughs> 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 it's, it's the shoulder fling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they always do it and they turn. <laughs> I'm down for that, man. I, I I need that kind of money as well. I need that touring money so we could do stadiums. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny here is I don't think about this podcast as anything other than like a conversation with you guys. I forget it goes out into the world. I forget people listen to it and I forget that people write about it. So this article came out on last week in australia about 10 or 9 dad podcasts you should follow i was like australia they probably said something wild what did they say about me that's the only reason why i clicked on the link by the way is to say is this some racist shit (laughs) go on it who is it today (laughs) this fantastic conversation between black fathers i was like australia is trying to come up what so in my view, yeah, because Chris Bex is there, who's obviously our brother and friend and wonderful dope black dad. And I, I don't know Australia deeply, but I've always seen it as one of those societies that are like, it's like Margate, but hot. Like, just like, Margate's nice, but like, they have some views. They may not be as welcoming. Like, it's a bit of that. It's like mm. where UKIP started, but also 
people might be really nice. So when they actually wrote about us and put us in there next to Dave Berry, who's like a presenting legend, if you are in your 30s, you probably grew up with him on T4 and, you know, teaching kids about how to, about music and bands when black people weren't allowed on TV very often. So, you know, our podcast is in good company. And I was like, people listen to this. Wow. Last week I said some wild shit though. <laughs> <laughs> they still listening? They still here? <laughs> There's a complete disconnect to reality. You know what it is, yeah? It's because our podcast is huge. It gets loads of awards and attention, yeah? But it's not like a thing where if I say something, I get like trending topic back at me sure, like the yeah. next day. Like there's enough people that someone will be like, so Marvin, tell me, tell me about, someone might in my life, one person might say that like, oh, what's going on? But everyone else just like, oh, your podcast is great. And then it's only when I do like Zoom calls with work colleagues and they're like, we love your podcast. And I'm like, hmm, because we're going to we're going to talk about DEI right now. What did I what, what, what did you hear? What episode? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the one where we talk about white allyship and I went on a seven minute monologue about. <laughs> right. OK. OK. So in many ways, I don't watch what I say because I just believe everything I say comes from a place of truth. So I mean it, I think, you know, and if I get it wrong, I say sorry. And if I don't, then I meant it. And um so when, when you do a podcast and every people listen, sometimes I get in my comfort. I forget, you know, I, I actually, you know what it is? I listen to it with my little sister. She's not little. She's 30, but I listened to it with her in a car. And it was one of those episodes where you're just talking a little bit about your family, like you're just touching on your family. And you're like, Oh yeah, shit. I'm talking about my family. Uh, and you're my family and you never listen to my podcast, but she started busting up. She thinks we're hilarious. We're oh, cool I'm to 30 year olds, okay, guys. That's good. That's good. My, my, my mom listened to the, to the first one I did and there were some gems that she didn't know. There were things in there that she, she actually didn't know. She was like, you know, I never knew how challenging that time was for you because you wear it so well. Man. Yeah, it's just like, I knew it was, yeah. you were under duress, but I didn't realize how, how painful it was. So this is why I love Mother's Year because it's like they turn up to your first football game and they'll mm. watch your first football game with a lot of passion. They'll, they'll break some, they'll do a madness. They'll get on a bus for an hour. They will carry some mad suitcase. They'll do a whole bunch of stuff to get there for your first game. Love it to death and be like, that was my contribution to your development. I watched the first one. <laughs> 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 I was there. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I saw, I saw you play. I did. And I feel like, yeah, and I'm not saying this is what your mum did, but I feel like, yeah, this is what, yeah, this is a part of parenting where you realise you've got to cover the bases. It's like, let me just check in. I care about the shit you're doing. This is my check-in. I heard it. I saw it. It was good. But it's you, you can't get in their rotation because I think when you get to 50, yeah, you just stop doing shit you don't want to do. Like, it's violent. It's like, you want me to... Oh, so you, you made me a painting for my fridge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cost him. I'm sorry. I'm like, what is this? Who, where, the sun. Why is the sun down here? Everyone's going to burn. <laughs> Why is that pigeon so big? Who fits in that house? I'm the same size as the house. <laughs> I think I think that's good, man. We should be more honest with our children. Yeah, it will help man. them. Then they go back to the drawing board. Otherwise, they feel like every single thing that they put their finger to is incredible yeah, and exactly. amazing. It's an inspiration. It's like, mm. no, you're not. You came from my balls. Yeah, no, You're not an inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we get to university, don't we? And we get people that think they can sing at talent shows because their parents oh, told them God. they can sing all the way. And then oh, they, they stand up and sing and we're like, that is the most sung song yeah at talent shows ever in the 90s and 2000s and it's impossible to sing 
Like if you try to sing it, yeah, you find yourself doing bad things you're not meant to be doing. It's a physical attraction. That is my satisfaction. You know the weirdest thing is that people pick up different ad libs all the time. So if you sing it, someone be like, I didn't know there was a. And if I ever fall in love, so true. Like they go in. I love that song. Just for the and they yeah. double. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> move, all of you, move. Listen, black peoples. Uh, certain songs don't sing, bruv. Don't sing Stevie. Don't sing Boys to Wen. Don't sing Michael Jackson. Mm, Let go, man. Allow it. Don't sing Beyonce either, you know. People feel like Beyonce is like, no, because my voice, the way her voice is in my voice, leave her, Jennifer Hudson, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, leave them alone. You can't hold those notes. Allow it. Trick Daddy tried to come for Beyonce the other day and say that she couldn't sing. Black men need to learn to shut the fuck yeah, up. You, you don't know? want to mess with the beehive as well, man. They, they don't fall no punches. Bro, especially when you're on drugs. Stop, <laughs> stop it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, yeah? I hate people that don't like Beyonce so much, yeah? Because then I know we will never get along. Because in my mind, yeah, I'm striving for excellence, bro. I want to do impactful things. And you get these little people who basically don't even have a B-tech in performance <laughs> will sit there and be like, oh my God, I think about her and then she's got too much fans and people just like too loyal yeah, it's like bro yeah. shut up bro what do you do what do you sing 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 now sing take, take, take my car payment bro move from me bro get off my phone <laughs> oh, uh, you know what one day yeah the most angry I've ever been in my adult life yeah this is this is, this is an embarrassing story but okay so basically yeah this is like five years ago okay this, this is why I actually went into therapy this is the moment where I was like bro I need to <laughs> I need to do something so I'm in Hackney yeah and Hackney Town Hall is where they do like all the administration as well for like all your council type stuff. So I get a car fine, which was a bullshit car fine. Basically, I move from one part of Hackney to another and then you have to get a different coded pass for your car. So I'm vexed already because I'm like, I'm, I'm parking on the cusp of one boulder to the other and I'm walking 10 minutes to my house until they transfer my pass around. So I'm already in my feelings that I have to do this 10 minute walk every time I want to get to my car. And bearing in mind, that means if I'm going to the supermarket, I've got my kids with me. So I'm just like, this is long. So one side is like zone K and one side is zone H. So I'm supposed to be in K. I park in H because it's the other side of the road. Didn't pay attention. So I get a ticket. I'm like, cool. I'm going to do this. So I'm walking by the town hall. So I'm like, do you know what? Let me just go inside. <laughs> I'm not going to do it on the phone. I'm just going to walk in and pay. Be quicker. I walk in and then while I'm there, I'm like, oh, then I can also get my permit. Of course I can. So I go in, I pay the fine and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get my permit. And then she was like, okay. And then she went back somewhere just like there. And it might have been 5, 5.50 p.m. In the, in the evening. So she's gone back there and she's gone back there for like eight minutes. And she just goes, oh, I need something, something. So I was like, oh, okay, let me just quickly go to my car and come back. And then, <laughs> so I go back to my car to get this thing. I come back and she's, oh, we're closed. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you're closed? Just, I was, she was like, yeah, it's closed. It's, 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 we close at six. It's, and it's now two minutes two, but we're closed. I've, I've shut the systems down. <laughs> so, so I was like, but, but, but you took, you, you saw me say I was going to go, go, go to the thing. You, t- you saw me say that, right? And I told you where my car was and you said it's cool. And now I'm back. Can you tell me it's closed? And I, I, I now need my permit now that I can get it. Cause now I'm vexed about, I've got my car park. I've, you know, you know, I'm walking 10 minutes. Now I've had the solution. She said it's here. I can, you, I can take it, but I need one thing to prove it. And then I'm just like, why did you do that? And then she started giving me such attitude, yeah. Not because my energy hadn't got there yet, 
But she gave me such energy of like, I am an authority here. I have closed my systems. Move. And I was just like, <sighs> and I just remember, because it was 80% of this was all internal, by the way. So I'm flipping out. Yeah. And and my wife at the time is just staring at me, like knowing that this is, because I have like a, <laughs> there's a seasoning to my, to my destruction. It's like, I go so quiet that it's like, he's really angry. Because this is not, because when, you, when you're angry, it's like, oh, come on, man. But when, I, when I'm like really angry, I just go in and I process. I'm like, okay, this is a woman. But it wasn't even at her that I got angry. I recorded myself because there was a security guard there. And he actually looked like one of those ones that might be able to actually pull me back a little bit. So I leave. And for an hour and 20 minutes, I was cussing. I was cussing. Like I turned into my mother. I, I cussing just like this woman and I, I got a bit of patois in there i was like oh my god and i left and i was so hot yeah because in my mind yeah it's so easy just to provide good customer service either just be like look we're closed come back tomorrow first thing i won't be here or i will be here and we'll get it for you straight away man really sorry about that we have to close right now then that's cool you know i might beg but it's cool but don't be complicit in what I'm trying to do and then shut me down. So I was just devastated. And then what I felt like, then I went into this whole thing yeah, about black people looking out for black people. That was like the second half of my rant. So the first half was about her. It's like, you're a black woman, yeah? Just have my back a little bit. Like just, you know. Help me now. Yeah. 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 I just went on this thing and I was like, these people who take such pride in what they do, but for the wrong reasons. It's like, this is the place where I have power and I'm, I'm going to use it but not to help people out and make people's lives easier, but then just to show them that I'm a supervisor at the town hall. And I just went off in town hall. Sorry, Marvin, you're a public service. We need you. Thank you. Don't fucking... (laughs) Please don't leave the establishment. We need you in all those buildings. But you know, you just like... I went on this really long monologue and I realized afterwards, yeah, that I don't even know why I cared that much. Like, And and I just just said, you know what? I need need to go to therapy because I'm cussing people out now for an hour and 20 minutes about a car parking thing. But can I just say something here? If you work in these spaces, in public sectors, in nurseries and schools, and you drive buses and you drive trains, like if I see a bus driver, a black bus driver, see a black woman running for a bus, yeah, and he doesn't stop and pause and open his door, I I have aggression. Like, I, I, I want to say something because this is, this is the one area they put us all in the front line for mm. everything, yeah? This is the one area where we have power for each other where it's like, at Tesco, just like, you've you got the thing. Nah, and you know, if we say to you, brother, have you got the Akian saltfish? Have you got the last tin? Have you got it? And, and, no, that means something. Go get my tin, bruv. Don't sit there and tell me about, no, I don't, want it, I don't know if it's there. We're out of stock. Go t- stand up for us. That's what I, you know, that's what I want for us is to create this like economy of, I'm in a place and what I can do is add a little 10% of ease to your day. And I think that that's all we can ask for each other. I don't want you to like save my life, but if you catch me at a bus stop running, Stop the bus, bruv. Those, you know? those, those old bus drivers. What happened to those old bus drivers? The ones with all the sovereigns and the one glove. Oh, and, uh, I come upstairs. Y'all making too yeah, much yeah, noise. Yeah. What happened mm. to them dons? Where they at? Mm. They won't, you know, know unless they see me and Amanda come on. And you know, he used to open his thing and be like, yo, no bother with it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are they? Well, they can't do that no more, can they, Carl? Because the, the young ones are wild these days. So, you know. I, I'm not interrupting any young people. I'm not, it's not my thing. I, 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 I don't want to say this for this reason, but literally this morning, yeah, I saw a tweet that was trending and this black woman was saying that she, she works in a school and some, one of her classmates got killed with a knife crime. So she got stabbed and she watched them for two days and how devastated they were. 
And so she held after school like sessions where they got to speak about how they feel. And so I just sent her some money. I was like, look, every time you see an intervention in the realm that you're in, if you stand in it, powerful things happen. Everything that's great about my life is because someone saw me at 5, 11, 16, 18, 19, 21, 24. These are like pivotal times in my life and said, I see something in this person. And so come and sit with me or I'm going to like bring you along my thing or come to this meeting or, you know, call this person. And when people do that, yeah, you save so much people and it's so little to you, but it means so much to those people. So I, I was like, go do something for yourself on the other side of that. And I feel like in a weird way, that's what we're saying, like show up in, in a way that is manageable for you, but really has an impact on others. And, and, I, and I feel like we, you know, I, my school experience was, was wild. Just, it was wild. I thought I was going to die for about every day for about two years. <laughs> like it just, you just wake up thinking like, am I going to make it home yeah, every day? school was wild, boy. Hybrid Grove was a thing. I used to hear stories about, <laughs> my, my friend got expelled and went to your school. And um, at my school, if you got into a fight, it's a big thing. And I know that I had to go, <laughs> if you got into a fight, you stand in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this place? That's wild. What was oh, your school experience God. like? How did you get on? Because I, I went from being in primary school, I was third best, third best fighter, which is a, you know, accolade, you're on the podium. And in secondary <laughs> school, I went from like 11 to like 20 to 50 by the time all the happy schools closed. And I was basically just a, just a comedian at that point. Because I was like, if I have to, I, I will fight you, but if I have to fight everybody here, I may not be here anyway. So let me use other tools. What was your school experience like? So my, my primary school was brilliant. I'm in primary school in, in Tottenham enough name brands there it was good it was good it was it, it was really eclectic it was uh very african caribbean irish filipino it was you know a good mix of everything and i was the i was like the cool kids you know i got all the main parts in the plays and stuff like that i was a good actor good at academics it was nice and then i went into secondary school and it was very white very very white middle class white which was it's just put a different spin and, and everything that my parents had ever warned me about came into play. You know what I mean? So you have to work twice as hard. You know, I, I always noticed like if I was talking, I was out or someone was onto me, but I see one of my counterparts talking or messing about and it's like, you know, can you allow it? Stop, stop. You know what I mean? And, but school, I had, a, I had a really, I really enjoyed it and I'm still friends with my boys from school now. We, like we, we all came together as our unit. Um, and it was Africans and Caribbeans. We all came together in one nice subculture and protected each other, which was nice. And, you know, like this space, we created our own safe space. You know what I mean? And supported each other, especially like if you had, uh, cause our school's really strict. So you couldn't have short haircuts. So if you went away for half term, you had a skin fade. We had one teacher that would walk around looking for people with skin fades and the man would be like, yo, like, you know, Mr. X is down there. Don't go down there. Be like, Are you oh, serious? Yeah, bro, we have to cut, man. Yeah, yeah. I got, wow. I got, I got suspended from school every year, every single year. Various things, but every single year. They... You, bro. If they, if they got you, bro, there was yeah. no chance for me. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing every is, I, I wasn't year. bad. I was just cheeky. Like I had, I had something to say, and it's basically my life now. I just, you know, I didn't have any power back then to hold my own space. But now, trying to tell me to shut up, it's like, bro, you know, I'm done. I'm, I live my own life. I don't care about you. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was really like, um, so I, I was very cheeky, but very smooth with it. So I remember one teacher, Miss Meekins, she was actually a really nice teacher. And I was talking 
in class and she was like, you know, the next person who talks half an hour detention. I was like, cool. So anyway, my Bridget talking, I think we were playing battleships. So talking, she's like, Marlon, half an hour detention. And I was like, Miss Meekins, I'd love to come to your detention. But, you know, the way my household is set up, my dad, <laughs> I need to be home at half past four. So I can't attend. And it took her a while to compute what I actually had said. Because <laughs> it wasn't like, I ain't come to your detention, mm, mind you. It wasn't yeah. that. She was like, no, you didn't. But, and then she was like, oh, how dare you speak to me like that? Kicked me out of the class and all them things. So that was the basis of my cheat. I was very, you know, cheeky, but, you know, in a smooth, if, if you knew, the sense of humour, then you, you you cottoned onto it real quick. You know what I mean. So, so what, yeah. what's really interesting here is my my nephew's fifteen right now, and he's in he's in that space. But he's a sweet. He's a, he's like he's the child of a modern middle class, wonderful, well provided for family. He's fine. <laughs> he has no worries. He's good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not filled with trauma in that sense. But like he, you know, it's funny watching him live a life that we created as the dads that we try to be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like he, my, my, dad, my brother's like amazing. He's like one of those superhero dads that slightly make you sick, but at the same time, you know, it's, we can do your job, but you know, it's all, it's all picket fences and he's a very like, like all my, my masculinity training comes from him. He's got patience that I do not have. He has like values. He's like, he's like, no, we shouldn't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's just go. And he's like, so I think, I think um, in that sense, it's great. But watching my nephew, grow up is so it's so beautiful to see what a product of our hard work can actually create because really I, we don't know on mass because i think my brother is like early 40s so he's probably the first generation of the slightly more conscious parenting the slightly more evolved approach of like stable home and families at mass so there's a lot more friends of his age that are in like marriages or long-term relationships or super proactive parenting because even if they're not together like if you travel to your children, like there's one of, one of his friends travels to like was traveling to Wales and like seeing fact like making it a practical thing. So you know that's the first. It's it's nice watching my nephew because I think the other day it's so funny because he came up to me and he was just like, "Oh come on, we haven't really had a good conversation in a while. I just wonder how's your, how's everything going for you?" I was like, "What? How <laughs> <laughs> like, can I help you? What do you mean?" Like and I, I I turned into my like my girlfriend, my mum, my grand, like big people business. I tried to go into all that, but but really. He's not, he's, he's right. He's 15. He's noticed that I live and I exist and he sees what I do. He's asking, how am I doing? And I was like, that's such a powerful evolution mm. because at 15, we weren't allowed to, I, we, you know, ask people them business, you know, say, you know, <laughs> you mind your business. <laughs> mind even, your if business. It's, even if it's going well, someone turns up with a Porsche, you don't ask no questions, bro. You're just like, <laughs> okay, thank you. It's a very nice shiny car. Yeah, Thanks. Because yeah. <laughs> you ask too much questions, bro. People are like, bro, he, he's, you know, brown of, <laughs> of Hackney and you've got to start asking more questions. So it's, it's, it's so nice to be able to have a, a like an environment where 15 year olds and young, young adults can start to engage you. And I think that's, the forms of success. Yeah, 100%. I think for me as well, when you look at other races, you know, you'd have your friends where, you know, you have to greet your parents, obviously by calling their mum or dad, but you got, you got Tom and he just calls his mum Sarah just casually. And I feel like that translates into adult life as well, in a sense where when they're much more relaxed with adults and seniors in their household, when they get into the workplace, it's the same thing. Where sometimes I think with us, because we've got a lot more respect, we, we kind of, we see it as more hierarchical, if you see what I mean. So we struggle engaging with, with hierarchy and authority. But you say, yeah, you see other people, it's just casual. 
And I feel like we're, we're getting a bit more like that. Not too, not too much to the point where we lose respect. But I think, yeah, you need a bit more of that relaxed approach at times. Do you remember having to pattern up your friends before they come to your house? <laughs> Hell yeah. Get in there be like, bro, tuck in your shirt. Like, Hell like yes. just cut, calm your hair out a bit. Mr. and Mrs. Bruce, okay? Mr. Mrs. Bruce, right? It was essential. And then you go in, you get me? Not None of this loud business. Don't talk about the, the, the was we was talking about earlier. Don't mention none of yeah. that. All right, cool. <laughs> I do it now. In it, it'll be like, this is how you're living. This is how I'm living, bro. Yeah. I do it now. I do it as a grown ass man right now, bro. My, I took, I took my friend. I never forget. I was, I was working in music and there was this amazing guy called Victor that I was working with. He's Nigerian. But like, you know, he's like, what? And there's another thing about like men who are like under 28. I I hang out with one of them the other day and I was like, you, you motherfuckers. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, no shit. He's <laughs> like, too happy, too free. Man's doing TikTok dances on his bike. Happy, like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, you don't know pain. Anyway, so I took, I took my friend there who's from Nigeria descent and I took him to my grand's house and I was like, oh, this is my grand, okay, was, was born in 1932. So, you know. And her relationship with Nigerians when she came to this country was that they brought, you know, a particular culture to the black experience after her being here for 25 years and fighting for equality and justice. And then she felt like, you know, some Nigerians undid that with some reputational things around fraud and deception. And so she may not be as warm. <laughs> she may not understand fully. So just be, you know, she, she's cool though. But like, you know, just be aware of that. So my, my friend comes to sit down. And he's like, she's like, ah, oh, she's talking to him. Like, oh, where are you from? And then obviously, because we're black, we don't answer like, you know, in terms of London. We're like, oh, he's that Nigerian. And she goes, hmm. Miss Sorry. <laughs> grand. <laughs> no, granny. No. no Miss Sorry. And I was like, no, I think he's 
proud about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Good to see you. <laughs> Love you so much. And it's funny because how that that like whole divide. But there's there's things that we just learned and the principles that we had mm. from that time that just. I, I want that translated into our children. I want the yeah, Caribbeanisms yeah. in yeah. my children, but also I'm not going to beat them. Mm. And I'm also mm. not going to like force them to eat their food at the table, yeah. Yeah. even if they're not hungry. So those little <laughs> things that you think, actually, they're not healthy, but you start to slowly erode some of the cultural things and it's difficult to know what to keep and what to retain. What in your, mm. in your parenting, what would you keep and retain from your parenting? I think the eating at the table... Is so we eat at the table every day, whether it was midnight or you know we all sat as a family together at that dining table, and then things were discussed at that dining table, like your performance for that day, <laughs> whose teacher called, <laughs> what you want to do for the rest of your life, and we went over that again. And my dad would he'd be onto it. What do you want to do? How are you going to do it? How are you going to get there? And he sort of drilled into you. So that bit I'm going to bring the respect for elders and other people's families that is paramount you don't go into someone's house and you know just call, like I've got a good friend she's Irish and she keeps t- telling, telling me no you can call my dad Seamus and I'm like no 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 I'm gonna call him you know mister in your surname and she's like no 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 call him Seamus I was like this has been going on for about 20 years <laughs> I, 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 I just can't call him by his you know by his first name it's, you know what I mean so uh, I'll carry that too the whole beating culture that's out like, you know, that's archaic. Don't believe in it at all. I don't think it works. I think it leads to resentment. And, you know, the, the pain in my daughter's face when I increase screen time, you know what I mean? The, the pain that she feels when I remove her phone, the pain she feels when I take those remotes. She, she got a TV and Skype. Just take all of that. Don't, you know, just remove them luxuries. The pain in her face when I'm like, you're not going to see your mate today because you're, you're being bloody cheeky today, you know. <laughs> it, 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 it outweighs going in and patterning. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't have to do that no more. So, yeah, that, and, you know, just that, the, the, the warmness, you know, having an open house, you know, being a bit like, you know, uh, letting uh, friends or, you know, open door. Like, you know, my, my gran was the, quite similar to your gran, was the, had a very open house, always had friends coming through and whoever, you know what I mean? So be an Irish lady, African lady, whoever, Nigerian, whatever, everyone could come through and talk. And that's how you learn about life and cultures. So, you know, all of that, that entire experience is, is important. Yeah. What about you, Marvin? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think much the same of what Marlon said. And I think what Marlon was touching at the end as well, I think that my home was very much like a safe space. I felt like, especially like where I live, I live, I'm from Lucian, but I wasn't like in the center of Lucian. So oh, gro- growing up, yeah, 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 blue blower, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I weren't, okay. I weren't in the, the center of the, of the mayhem at times. So, <laughs> so certain times on the weekend in, in the summer holidays and stuff like that, things would happen on the street, obviously. But I felt like when I came home, it was a safe space. I felt like, my mum, my dad, you know, my siblings, they respected me. They loved me. I felt comfortable at home. And I, and I grew up with friends that didn't have that at home. They wanted to get out of their house. Like any, any drop of the hat, they were quick to want to get out of their house. It could be rain. It could be snowing. They want to be on road. They want to be at someone else's house. But I felt like I always had that love and respect, that safe space. There was always food for me. You know, I was always going to get that love and attention. And even when I was perhaps going off the rails or weren't behaving, I was never chastised in that type of way that made me want to leave my house. So I think, yeah, that's that's what I'd want to create for my child as well, that, you know, home is always where you can lay your head. There's always going to be a plate for you. There's always food in the fridge. 
things like kicking, especially when you've got a, a male child, I think things like kicking your child out or force them to want to be out of the house or not bring their friends around. I think there's so much destruction and, and death and mayhem on the roads that if you can have them at home, keep them at home. You know, if they want to, even with me, when I was growing up with my younger brother, like, because I spent so much time, you know, doing things when I was younger, when he was growing up, he's about six years younger than me. I made sure he had a PlayStation. I made sure he had the game. Everything he needed was in the house. You didn't, you didn't need to be on road. Mm. Whereas, I, did you just intimate that you were like a reformed gangster? Is that what you no, 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 not at all, not at all. There's no. Are you know, sure? Yeah. You can talk about it. This is, this is, no one <laughs> listens to this anyway. No, no, one, no one listens. It's good. Yeah, t- um, tell us about your your, no, no, your crime. No, do you know what I think? <laughs> it's just proximity. I think sometimes you're just in a proximity of of other things happening. Uh, but yeah, we, we might get to that on another podcast. I love the curation of that language. <laughs> that You're in cold. the vicinity of things happening. No face, no face, in it? That's... <laughs> You're literally going to be writing speeches for Boris Johnson by the end of this year. I'm I swear telling to God, you. If I write for Boris, I'm getting kicked out. Like, I'll just, yeah, I'll put some, I'll put some subtleties in there. I hear like. you with that, though. The spontaneity thing, because, you know, like, you know, you, ha- you hang around as one big group mm. Like you may just want to frequent with green and then someone in the group that you don't really know from another estate does absolute madness. And you're like, what? Yeah. I go to school in Finchley. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, what's, what's... dad. <laughs> come and collect again. me. Yes. Come and collect me. <laughs> They're doing quite wood green. Wood green. The top of wood green. They're, they're, they're doing wild. They're giving back his Walkman. He's <laughs> 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 <Is> a Walkman. <laughs> Stealing batteries. (laughs) (laughs) What what I love here is that, like, I I always think my my mum was like all action. And so when we talk about black superhero mothers, it's quite a stereotype. And actually, it's probably problematic in some ways. But she was just all action. She didn't miss very much, you know. I, I my mum was known for like, like imagine like there's like eight blocks in an estate. She would call from block number two, and I would get it in block number eight. I would hear it, <laughs> and if I didn't hear it, yeah. people would run towards me from any block in between and be like, "Your mum is calling you," and then they'd be like, pa, pa. "You know, like how now as kids, it's kind of like you call them, and then they finish what they're doing. They tend to be mm. like, pause. Yes, yeah. how can I help? And then, like that, me, it was like the voice left, and as it as it entered my ear, <laughs> it was like man. almost like a drone. Yeah. It was like drop what you're doing. You, <laughs> you miss the open goal. You stop. You turn around and you start running home. <laughs> it's like, mom, I can hear you. <laughs> so <I'm coming>. <laughs> because you knew if my mom got to free calling me three times and didn't hear me say I'm coming. Oh my lord! Because she had to put on her jacket to come outside to find me. War, war, Aguan, war. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and, and I say that because like her words meant something to me, and it meant that I needed to be wherever her words was telling me to be. I think there's a value in that, but she never made it combative. And mm. so, even though I'm saying this respect, I'm running home because I know her consequences were always so clever and Machiavellian. She used to just slightly just strip me just a little bit. You know when you get sexy and you're like, nit, 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 and they'd be like, no TV for a week. You'd be like, okay, fine, I don't care about that. Fine, I'll be fine. <laughs> then you realize there's a point in the day, yeah, where your whole family is watching and you can't watch. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the only thing going on in your house. And you're like, I can't watch Gladiators. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm blind date. The cycle. Yes. <laughs> what? And so I think there's like a really beautiful value. And yeah. the, I think the type of, I don't want to say punishment, but the, the, the type of consequences that were put in place were really, really valuable because they made me think and they made me make choices. 
But then, you know, for me, I was someone that, um, if you, if you put me under pressure, I will ride to the absolute nub of the thing is dead. And then I will take whatever and I'll be fine. And then I'm coming back. So I used to obviously still continue doing what I wanted to do. Mine was really about freedom. I wanted to exercise my boundaries. And, you know, I had a business that I was trying to run and like, I couldn't explain it to her what I was doing, but I was like, I was making money. So isn't that all right? And she was like, no, you gotta be home by 10. <laughs> and then like, I used to always go to this party, uh, in, in Stoke Newton and it's called Cheeky Bees. And it was like, I under 16 space it basically was a whole it was a shop mm. underground basement in a shop and used to go there and between like 6 and 10 they played garage music I used to go so, and it's just still my brother's clothes he hated my guts still his aftershave go to this party and like party from like 6 on the dot so we'll be outside 5.55 party all the way until like 10 50, I mean to 10, quarter to 10 Maybe five to ten, and then run from Stony and Home Road to Dalston to Dubovo, where my family lived. Yeah, and every single week I'd get it wrong and miss the thing. So I'd be grounded the whole week, released on Friday, and then do it again. And so my <laughs> mum was just like, "Do you know what? One month, you should have saw the brokenness." Oh, I was like, man. "Yeah." What do you mean? And like, <laughs> and the idea of missing that, and you start missing girls, but I also missed all the crime. So my mum saved me from tons of stuff that I didn't know because I would have been that guy that Marvin was talking about. I would have been just out there like, and then someone gets like, something happens to them and you're like, oh, and then they just round us all up. <laughs> and it's like, because my mum said you can't go da 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 and you have to be in, it meant that I just missed, I missed one of the worst summers in Hackney history where there was like a Hackney Tottenham beef and then something happened where Hackney didn't back Hackney in one thing and then so it turned into a Hackney Hackney beef and then everyone was just like going jail and yeah. wild stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm at home. I like it here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to yeah. listen to hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and learn the words. Yes. That's literally, <laughs> bro, I used to write out the lyrics yeah. bro, for songs and be like, hmm. But ironically, I never became an MC. But I, I think it's really interesting that like, <laughs> you know, you play that role and your parents can save you from yeah. really big things with just some really nice guidance and frameworks. Is there anything else? What, what do you think was the most important lesson? Because mine was about, my mum taught me about women. And that's one of the things that I think, especially now when you see how people are interacting with women. She taught me how to interact with women in a really powerful way informed way clean way um about integrity and like because there was an error around um oh, what was it called but that battery or like where people would have sex multiple back to back and yeah. footballers were doing it and then there was like these multiple rape co- like convictions and all these things that happened in this very particular period and i was like Ugh, i ain't doing that you know you're like there's just a cold in your mm. head that's like that's bad but other people were just like oh okay this is what we do yeah and just like <laughs> and, and they had to go to jail and like i'm not saying that's okay i'm just saying there, there clearly wasn't a conversation had mm. in their house where they thought about what the consequences of what that could be on a, on a human level and i had that information and I just think, you know, you navigate it quite. And now we're in an era where women are speaking really powerfully about how they're treated. I'm, I can sleep really calmly because there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing there. So, I, and that's a very rare and, you know, not every man feels that way. So I'm grateful for that because it's a really important thing. What was the thing that you think, like, for you was the home run of information that you're glad that your parents gave you? I mean, so I wasn't allowed to just bring chicks to my house willy nilly or bring girls to my house. You know what I mean? So I had to have respect for women that. It wasn't, it just wasn't an option in my house. And that was from my dad. You pedestal, you pedestal women, you know, I have my sisters. Even if I thought about, you know, you know, you know, when you first got your mobile and someone called, be like, I can't talk at the moment, right? I'm bit, be like, that better not be a girl you're talking to. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just wasn't allowed to do that. But take home lesson. What, what did I, what did I, what was the most important thing? I don't know. There's just so many, isn't it? We just tell me your friends and I'll show you who you are. 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think the moment was that kind of like shaped your? Because obviously, like we we all we're basically all saying that we were around a lot of stuff. Never actually was the main proponent of the stuff, but we were around a lot of stuff. What was the moment where you were like, I, f- I you know what, I'm so glad I navigated that. Did you have one of those things where something big happened around you and you were like, that little moral just saved me from being too close to something that definitely would have changed the course of my life. Yeah. Do, do you know what I think? My dad quest my ego enough in the house for me not to someone for someone to bump into me and not want to kill them you know mm. what i mean like my my ego was suppressed enough and he really um him and my mum really taught me like what was right and what was wrong you know what i mean and just how you should genuinely treat people and my, so my dad did martial arts as well so it was it was disciplined you mm. just you don't go outside and yeah. exact violence you just don't go out and batter people so you know when we first start going clubbing and you're seeing all these dons in a rave and then it just goes off what the hell are you fighting for <laughs> I went yeah. to Bobitos. I spent sixty pound on a shirt. Probitos, a, a, a Visu shirt. Okay, I've got jeans on for their boy, but allow me. <laughs> I'm not getting boy. Ma- I'm not getting can, can, up. Can, can you contextualize Probitos for those who don't know what Probitos is? It's a shop just off Oxford Street, and it's where they sold designer clothes. And if you went in there early enough before the drug dealers went in there, you could get a good deal because then they'd know that you'd only had £40 and you want to get <laughs> a, a shirt for £60, but they'd just allow you. But basically it was where there was like about maybe three or four shops in London that, you know, you'd come in with your your one £40 that you've been saving up two years for and then all the drug dealers would come in and just buy out the shop and they're like, huh? I know. Do you, do you know what phase I really regretted? Yeah, was the iceberg history oh, right, with the cartoon yeah. characters. I could never participate. And Avrex, I could never participate. I couldn't afford still, it. Don't make me go and get my Avrex. I still got mine. <laughs> Are you serious, bro? I still got it, bro. Bro, take lever. pictures, bro. We're gonna post yeah, this, bro, with a trailer. Yeah, bro. You still got your Avrexes, bro. You were one of those guys. I couldn't afford one. And the second that I thought I could, yeah, people were robbing people for them so aggressively, bro. That's the first time I ever saw a knife is my friend had the nerve to go get a secondhand Averick's jacket and walk, and walk next to me. And some boy just came up to him with a knife and they were like, take that off wow. now. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> I don't want one of those. <laughs> you, you know what? I had, I had plaits when I was younger. You, you know, like the Sprague Benz. I had the, wow. the, the mad, I had the mad plaits. So I, I always think people were never too sure how to take me. He's either mad serious <laughs> or he's not. And because I was affiliated through school and playing football, so, you know, sometimes I'll go out with the, the man them on the cusp, okay, just on the cusp. And because we did club nights as well, so people were never quite sure where to go, where to go with it. So, and I could speak, you know what I mean? I knew that through martial arts, you know that if 10 people approach you, one of them's serious. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And, and what comes out of your mouth the first and how you position yeah, yourself yeah. and, you know what I mean, will dissipate a lot of things. So I learned that very quickly and, you know, the, the, both the schools I went to, you were tested all the time. Remember, I had to co- come through with green in a different uniform. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I had to come through with green every day in a different uniform. And how, so, yeah. How, how do you think all of that shaped you as an adult though? Cause sometimes I talk about trauma in some really casual ways. Just like, oh, I almost went to jail and six of my friends died and eight of my friends yeah. went to prison. And you just like, you just say it so casually and sometimes maybe too lightly. And I don't really respect. Like who you know? Because that all that's still in me when I'm you know when I'm cussing and all that and I'm take mm. when someone engages me in an unhealthy way you know I return to my 16 year old self yeah. I'm like yo I gotta defend myself I can't I can't I can't allow myself to be fully mockeried 
because you know the in your mind there's a consequence yeah, to being yeah. fully disrespected and nothing happens like it still just lives in you like and i think a lot of black men have that that legacy and sometimes people deal with you in the present and they see this like oh he does very well for himself he speaks on the news and he's mm-hmm. caring and the, but like they don't understand that i still have ha- hackney training so it's a bit like going to martial arts school or going to like x-men school you still know how to use your powers and so and i was thinking about this the other day it's like someone did something very disrespectful to me and i was just like you you have to understand that like yes this is i am i am this person but a part of my personality wheel which is what i call it is a person who 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 will want to f- drag you down on the floor because and also i i know i excuse my language i know fuckery's people i know them you know what they look yeah. like you know what they say yeah. you know how they you know you know it so when you do fuckery's things around me just because i'm grown doesn't mean i i've lost the dna of identifying fuckery's people i mm. still see you so and i think ultimately like my, you know, my mom's way or very, the way I know culturally, it's just very confrontational. I don't mean physically. I just mean like we will stand yeah, in the yeah. thing and be like, move yourself and tell you about yourself. And that's culturally a part of us in a way, as well as being able to go in and articulate as well. But it's like, I feel like where we deal with each other sometimes is because I don't know. I don't know. There's something there where we deal with each other in a way that's probably unhealthy. I don't even think what I'm saying is right. I'm saying it happens. I know it. I access it when I need to because I know you understand that more than guys what we're saying is is that actually the rules and integrity sometimes I talk to some people about that type of stuff here they look at me and I can see them thinking like this guy's an idiot or like I'm I'm going to push further or they want to test to see if it's real whereas like when you do that in other circles they just take you for what you're saying and I feel the way we deal with each other means that that it keeps that alive. It keeps that like cold alive of alive of like I may have to choke you out. I think, and I, I, think <laughs> and I think as well to an extent we need it because you know if if something's happening you can't you can't try and be peaceful, try and be the mediator, try and you know kneel down and meditate when you need to you need to defend yourself and it and there's there's a whole raft of situations that you can need to defend yourself against. So I do I do think you need that edge. I think it's like when Malcolm X said by any means necessary. It's like if you're peaceful, we're peaceful but you touch one of us, we're touching one of you. Like, I think it's that kind of, unfortunately you need it, mm. but it's about, it's about mediating it as, <laughs> as and when, because it, it gets like that sometimes. It gets on top and, you know, you can't, we touched on it before, um, but regarding the police, I think, you know, even one of the reasons why I think the community has no confidence in the police is one, because of how they treat us, but two, even when we rely on them, they don't, they don't solve our crimes. They don't solve things that happens in our community. No. And I think that's where the notion has come from. People wanting to take it into their own hands. Because they're like, you know, if I call the police and do X, Y, Z, that's it. We can't do nothing else in the situation. And that person's going to bust case. But if I take it into my own hands, then I, I feel like I can resolve the situation. And I think that's like what you're saying there. I think that's something that afflicts us. And, you know, we need to stop that behaviour. But at the same time, mm. we need we need the systems in place to work on our behalf as well. That's really powerful, man. I feel like that's a clip for me because I, I in many ways, like I, I know what's right, but when I try to engage in, in the concept of rightness and, and move in that way, I just find people don't respect that framework anyway. So if I tell you I'm going to call my solicitor, yeah, people yeah. just look at you like, what? Yeah, exactly. And if you, and you know, like I'm going to call the police or no one, and even the, the timing and how long it takes for due process, so long. By that time, you've sat in a traumatic event for now weeks on end. And I don't think, I just don't think we're just built for that level of patience because it's always on top. It's always that urgent and it can always go wrong yeah. really quickly. But I do think we do need to rely on the systems that we have because I think when you put your body on your line or your your reputation on the line to like cope and survive with 
we'll call them blood clots. It, it can be quite unfair, like and, and a little bit imbalanced in terms of like what was capable for you now, because really what you see on paper is like a forty-year-old man. I'm not forty, but a forty-year-old man. My honest, forty-year-old man. That's so smooth. Just yelling, just yelling, in, just yelling, yelling into the into the abyss. So it's super important that we um we use those things, guys. Look, thank you so much, man. I love that. That was really that that wasn't even what we do in the podcast about, but we that doesn't really matter because we rule our own universe and we decided to talk about that but this idea about like the legacy of our parenting what we want to keep what we want to retain but also just like I, I do want us to be a bit more mindful about what we've gone through like especially like black men because so many of us grew up in a like survive or die mentality and, and surroundings that I think a little bit still lives in us and I know it lives in me and I obviously work really hard to try and like suppress it or manage it or evolve from it but it's still in there and it's not it's not nice like to have to want to deal with people I want to deal with kumbaya I like talking to people and conflict resolution in a normal way but I also know that when you're around people who don't understand that language you end up having to use other tools to like to deal with people and it's just like yuck but this is why I'm, I'm in a boundary setting space anyway so if you get too close to me and i don't like what you say i'm I, you like the cutoff is cold as well so i'm, I'm really sorry <laughs> i'll come back but it's just not in the immediacy you just you gotta take a break you gotta take a seat think about it. let's do some reflection time <laughs> you're on your reflection step i'll see you in four weeks guys <laughs> thank you so much uh, i really appreciate you joining me this morning man thank you brothers i love you and so thank you guys for listening i really much appreciate it we'll be back next week with another episode uh you can find us at at Dope Black Dads on all social media platforms. You can also email me for a chat at hello at dopeblackdads.com. Thank you so much for listening, my brothers. I appreciate you all. Uh, we'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.